You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to another episode of Nightmare Alley, the spooky little side street podcast in the Nightmare on Film Street feed. We're joined today with writer-director Ryan Kruger to talk about his film, Fry. By the way, I'm John. <laughs> I'm Kim. Yeah, we're joined today with writer-director uh, Ryan Kruger to talk about his film, Friedberry. Should I just start again? No, I think it's going great. Okay. I think this is going well. Friedberry is debuting on Shudder this weekend. It's actually hitting on Friday, May 7th. Uh, we we talked with Ryan a few weeks ago. We saw the movie back at Fantasia, and oh boy. <laughs> actually, it was on my, my like festival discoveries of 2020 list at the end of last year. I have been waiting for this day to talk to you guys about this movie. It is so weird and so wild. Okay, so you've been waiting to talk to them about this movie. I've been waiting to talk to Ryan Kruger about this we movie. We had questions. We needed answers. If you if you saw the last drive-in with Joe Bob last week, you may have seen the trailer for Fried Berry already. Uh, ooh, yeah, how do you describe this one? It's Kim, take it away. What? <laughs> uh, it's uh, a heroin addict in South Africa gets abducted by aliens, maybe replaced by aliens. Ryan Kruger actually had the best simple description of it when we were talking to him. He was saying that it was like a road trip movie, but the alien is taking the road trip in a human body. Man, that's a great description. And I thought that was pretty fucking wonderful. Oh, that's you leave it to the guy who made the movie to, to have <laughs> to the most know concise, what it's about. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's real weird, real bonkers. It's uh, in in some ways, in poor taste, it takes a lot of risks, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. I honestly think that Shudder should have done one of those things where they put it on, but it only unlocks after midnight. Like, you can only watch oh, it yeah. after midnight your yeah, time zone. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, just a side plug. I totally got that idea from Jed Shepard's Ghosts, the Kickstarter video game that is... Fully funded as of yesterday. Oh, no way. Yeah, super I didn't know exciting. That. So I'm very excited because I got one of the, the super fancy tiers. I'm going to get a, a long lady standee. I don't know what it looks like, but I know it's going to be fucking spooky. Isn't there a tier where you could get one of those jumpsuits also? I'm contemplating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm already all in. I could go even all in. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard about that, it's it's a really great idea. It's got the the stars from the movie host, which Jed Shepard wrote. Uh, and the idea is that it's a video game that that you can only play after, I think, 10 p.m., Yeah, right? and it unlocks at 10 p.m. in your time zone, and it's almost like you are a showrunner of a live-action ghost TV show, and I say that in quotes because it's technically a video game, where you're in the the van outside and you're you're switching to different feeds, so there's kind of a fun simulation aspect that you want it to be entertaining, but also, like, I'm pretty sure those girls' lives are going to be in our hands. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> it's like it's like phasmophobia, but you get to stay in the van the whole time. This is, this is what I'm about. I am very much a van player. I like the safe. Yes. <laughs> Although it's probably not going to be safe. There's probably going to be a version where the long lady comes in the fucking van and it's going to be so scary. Oh, yeah. 
that's the other thing that there have been some really creepy promo photos that they've been releasing for the monster of this game called the Long Lady. Do you don't want to spoil it too much? You want to just, just go find terrifying. Yeah, just go find the photos and then look at the photos for fifteen minutes until you see her, yeah. and then pee your pants. Yeah, you thought those you thought those Babadook photos for like like they placed him in historical paintings were creepy. Wait till you see this shit. Oh boy. But back on Friedberry for just a quick second before we move on. Uh, you you could almost call it 25 short stories in Cape Town. Like, it's it, Friedberry, the character, played by Gary Green, who is just, like, a, an actor that you've never heard of, who's never been in anything, that is just fucking brilliant in this movie. He just stumbles from from one group of people to the next, and, oh boy, he gets into a lot of hijinks. You you really, really got to check this movie out. And like Kim said, I would not recommend watching it any earlier than midnight. It is a pure Midnight Madness movie. And and I think think if you like weird and wild stuff, you're going to like this one a lot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a fun watch for everybody, just for the pure what-the-fuck factor. Yeah. But before we get into it, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? We took some time to check out the new HBO series... Pray, Obey, Kill, which is, it's kind of an interesting title because when we went into it, we kind of went in blind on the on the story. Now, this is a docu-series about a true crime case that happened in Sweden, basically around the millennium, like the, it, it's kind of a long-standing it's thing. Like, like two it's, incidences yeah, though, like right? Yeah, like 1999 to approximately 2016. <laughs> yeah. It's this very weird cult-like case with these two murders that happened and, uh... John, how do I talk about this without spoiling the whole series? So, uh, yeah, sure. Snowy town in the middle of Sweden. A police officer is called to a shooting. A man has been shot. He's called the police. He's wounded. He needs help. And while they're there investigating that shooting, getting that guy to the hospital, they find out that a neighbor next door, his wife has been murdered. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) And he is a pastor for a local Pentecostal church. The connections between... But a really tight-knit... It's a real, yeah. Everybody's yeah. a real tight lip about stuff. It's Things a, aren't adding up. It's kind of, it's like the, a street of church people, and they're. How do you say tight knit in like a? Can I wink in this thing? Can I wink? <laughs> <laughs> they're very, very occult. <laughs> I mean, like like every true crime docu series you like, you know, you, it it takes those twists and turns that you're you're hoping it'll take. I think it like holds its cards a little too long. Like I think some of those drops are like, oh my god, that's a bit of an inconsistency, and that's something that should have been looked into. And yeah, I think they came a little late in the game. Well, and and the, we had a really good prediction. Um, and I'm not sure if it's entirely true, but that maybe the the pandemic affected uh, maybe the filming because there are a lot of like one on one kind of like hangout style, like um, <laughs> cool guy in our office interviews between the two documentarians, yeah. which feel like a, like a re- they're really an avenue to give out information. So there aren't a lot of interviews and stuff as much as you would have liked. And I think that's purely a pandemic thing. Yeah, I think it's- um, they did, though, which I think was a very good idea and probably was another pandemic workaround, <laughs> have the best little ass miniature of this tiny village <laughs> With all the little, like, snow-capped houses and just, like, oh, oh, so good. The opening frames, they're, like, brushing snow off this tiny little fake road. And I was like, I want one. Yeah. I think uh, it's it's definitely less salacious than your average American docu-series. You know, which is pretty good, though, because the Netflix ones have been getting pretty out there. I haven't watched the last couple because I just, they, they leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And this one... 
I think it's leading you down a path of who to suspect and and questions that they want you to be asking and stuff, but they're not willing to sort of stamp it themselves and say, like, we have a theory about how we think this went down, and here's all of our evidence to support that, because I guess they don't want to smear someone publicly when they don't have the physical evidence for it. I, I, I do think it would have been a great movie, but it is still a very interesting docuseries. Would you recommend people check it out? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's only a few episodes. I think it's like six. Six episodes? Six episodes. Yeah, so it's not that long. It's definitely a good true crime watch yeah. if you've been you've been hungry for something that's, yeah, like not too prolific that you might not have already heard about. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head with saying it's not too salacious. Like, I didn't feel yucky yeah. watching it. That's on HBO. If you have HBO Max, Mortal Kombat landed on there just recently. Or you could see it in the theater. Or you could rent it, depending on where you live. We're in Canada. We don't have HBO Max, so it's more of a rental option for us. And we us. also don't have theaters right now. Everything's shut down. Yeah, we're back in lockdown. Woo! We're in the middle of another stay-at-home order. Woo! We did, however, though, both get our first vaccine doses, so that's pretty rad. My arm hurts. Yeah, my arm still hurts. But I'm really a happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, it's one of those like owls that you keep poking. You're like, this is interesting. I don't know why I keep doing this. So, John, who's your favorite Mortal Combatter? More, okay. Mortal Combat E? Who is your favorite? Combatant, I think. No. That sounds <laughs> very boring. Like, oh, the Mortal Combatants are here. Who's your favorite Mortal Combat? <laughs> uh, I mean, going into the movie, Kano, for sure. And also, throughout that whole movie, Kano kicks so much ass. But I will say, MVP award goes to Kung Lao. And I say that specifically because uh, if you're a horror fan and you're only going to Mortal Kombat for the fatalities, one, they kind of fucking deliver. There is, there's, there's so much fighting. That, and there is just one kill that is just so fucking brutal and amazing. I think there were several. Yeah, there, but there's one that takes the cake, okay? And I think if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it yet, you gotta check it out, if only just for that. this It is definitely a first film of a franchise it has that i mean if oh yeah the story is is one big meh yeah i mean like <laughs> but the fights <laughs> small spoiler but you know the internet's talking about it a whole lot there's the, the mortal combat is a tournament that oh these these people the, the chosen ones go to to it's, fight between the realms and we don't go to the tournament like, if mortal combat was medieval times mortal combat ends when you get in your seats yeah. you watch the tv screens at the line like to get your popcorn and you're like chicken tender or whatever they give you <laughs> i've never been to medieval times you've never been to medieval times no you've always told me about it you oh. get like little corn cobs and pepsis and stuff i went with school so many times now we can't go now because we're vegan and and horse labor and stuff but they might have an option <laughs> you <laughs> with, know that, with, that, that horse horses. wanted to be a star <laughs> like puppets <laughs> i'd see that oh i would have seen that in a heartbeat yeah but you get yeah you get like a big Hunkin' chicken leg and a, co- a mini corn on the cob and a bun and then some like wench comes by and fills up your, <laughs> your she's dressed like a wench and like fills up your like big cup of mead but it's just Pepsi. All right, my only understanding of medieval times is from the movie The Cable Guy. Like a hundred percent. I mean, it's pretty accurate. You get <laughs> seated in a color zone, and that's your your night that you cheer for. And yeah, it looks great. It's fucking great. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. But, uh, and you can go pet the horses beforehand. Yeah, and it's that it's that same. And they have a torture room where you can see old medieval torture devices. God is, damn, I really should have gone. Yeah. Missed out. Yeah. I think they're still You really around. fucking did. Okay. They are. But I <laughs> Thank you, you for like, rubbing it in. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're so cool. Kind of like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's pretty good. I really, I really dug it. And I, I especially like the special effects. I think 
it's you know it's a little misguided here and there, but like they do an awesome job of making Sub Zero just like the biggest fucking villain in he's that movie. So bad, yeah, he's a pretty nasty dude, and it's played by Joe Taslam, you know, from the Raid. I think everybody's gonna. I think most of the people going to see this movie are seeing it specifically for him. Uh, and I got to get you to watch the Raid one of these days. I'm just like nodding politely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would, oh, you would love it. It's like John Wick with. I mean, there's still a lot of guns. I was going to say John Wick with less guns, but it's like a Indonesian John Wick. They got to fight their fucking way up through a building. Oh, is that the one long take thing where it's like just a ton of guys coming at one dude in, in a stairwell or. I mean, there's plenty of that. Or, there's uh, plenty of that. My brain's fried. You- <laughs> Fried berry. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, that's that's what we've been watching. I mean, in and amongst a bunch of other things, we've seen some stuff we're not allowed to talk about yet that I'm really excited to talk to you about eventually. Uh, but fried berry, I have been waiting so long to talk to people about this movie. So if you are checking it out on Shutter this weekend, please hit us up in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord, which you can find at nofspodcast.com/discord. It's a real weird one. It's the it's definitely the kind of movie where after you see it, you're like, "I need to talk to somebody. What the heck did I just look at?" Uh, and and here to answer all your questions, writer director Ryan Kruger. I don't think we'll marry. You know what I like about you, Barry? You don't say much. But you're a good listener. You're absolutely fucking right, you're not the father. You're a useless piece of shit. So what are you doing here, man? How did they catch you? Yeah! You do some bad. Kill someone. Are you? You're on a mission. You're more important than us. You have to save yourself. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We're really excited to talk to you about Fried Berry. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> now we have to do an intro for the intro that explains why we're What the audience doesn't know, we've done this like four times, but this is it. Let's, let's just go with it. We'll just go with it. We're just laughing, like hanging out. <laughs> you too can be filled with giggles like this when you watch Fried Berry. Oh, my. Oh, actually, side note, we watched some of your YouTube commercials and stuff just oh, yeah. before we started. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think we have what some on the website. Oh, the, the fucking condom commercial. <laughs> Oh, that's and good. I, I love that one. That's a special one. And and the special flavor, yeast. yeast. <laughs> yeah. That's a hit. It's a hit with the kids. That one. Kids. Yeah. I know it's like extra itchy. Extra. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. No, the marketing that you guys have been doing for this movie has been wild. So yeah, the the, the great thing about Fried Barry with the marketing that we've been doing is that you know you can't do that with like every film. 
it's the type of film where there's no rules. You know, you can literally do anything and that's what's cool about it. So, you know, you can do those fake cigarette adverts or the condom adverts or the OnlyFans uh, thing that we did <laughs> and all that. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just cool that there's, that there's no rules and um, cause you can't, you literally can't do that for every film, but I think because of the character and the, and you can't take the film too seriously. So it's, yeah, there's, there's literally no rules. I mean, you have a bunch of ads in the movie also, like some that like Barry sort of injects himself into. Oh, the whiskey ads, so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, it was fun uh, shooting that. And, that. and that and that was great. It was just to show that, because uh, it was in that scene where, you know, he's, you know, he's knocked out, he's on the floor and then, uh, and then it goes into the, it's almost like his mind because he saw the commercial earlier at his wife's house. And then it's like played into that where, you know, where he's in the, you know, he's in the ad, you know? How many of those did you film yourself? Cause like, I got to assume like the, the black and white film, did you shoot that also? Yeah. Yeah. We shot that as well. And that looked so, I mean, well, obviously we, we downgraded the the footage for the, you know, for, for the actual, um, you know, for the actual film, but even that raw footage of that, like looks legit. Like it looks right. so like, it looks literally like, you know, like a 1920s uh, movie. It looked, it looked awesome. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should make a whole film like 1920s. <laughs> It was yeah. just that, like, you know, even the dialogue that we put in there, uh, you know, it was that typical American, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, style, which was cool. Yeah. So so where did where did Friedberry start? Like, where did the like we've seen the the short film as well. I have no idea how the short film is a proof of concept for the feature. But like, yeah, no, well, it, well, it was it, it really <laughs> wasn't because like where I was in my career at the time, I was just like, you know, I was shooting all these music videos. And when I'm shooting music videos, I'm very lucky that the the bands let me do what the hell I want, which is great. But at the same time, I still got to do the visuals with the track of the music, which puts me in a box. And then it has to go on TV, which puts me in a box. So I was just like, I want to do a four and a half year project make, making eight experimental films. Don't ask me why eight is just, that's how many I'm going to do. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and Fry Barry was like the first of, of the eight. And that was 2017, three minute experimental. And it was just a guy off his head on drugs on his late, latest trip. And we sent that to all these festivals. We got like 59 uh, official selections, like 12, 13 awards. And then we started getting all the fan art. Yeah, with all the fan art, it was just crazy because it's a short. I'm like, who the fuck does fan art for like a short film, you know? <laughs> so it was just it was just random and people just really loved it. And then I kind of knew it was onto something, but again, I didn't think that, you know, I would make a feature out of it or anything like that. But where I was uh, in my career with, you know, wanting to do stuff way more out the box and do my style, I also went through like a very rough, crazy time. Like I had something wrong with my kidney, I had an operation, got sepsis, uh, nearly died. Oh, my no. cat got cancer. Uh, I lost uh, the girlfriend I was uh, with. We had a bad breakup and it was just like, depression went into this hole and and I just thought to myself well, like once I hit rock bottom I was like what is the number one thing that I've always wanted to do and it was like to make a film so I was like cool I'm gonna make a film and then I, I had all these other scripts that I could have chose and what to do but then the one night I just got this idea for the feature for Fry Barry spent like three days writing a 50% scene brief breakdown and yeah and then I rang my producer and I said to my producer you know, which I only knew for about a month. And I said to him, I want to make a film and I want to make it next month. And he's like, 
uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Have you got a script?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, "Have you got uh, have you got money?" And I was like, "Well, if I've got I've got some money, and then if you put some money in, we can do this whole thing." And he's like, "Well, why do you want to shoot it next month?" And I was like, "Because if we don't shoot it next month, it's never going to happen. It's just going to get pushed back and prolonged." So you know, we shot over a year and a half uh, for twenty eight days, and it was the only way to do it. And I didn't want to try a apply for funding because in South Africa we don't do these sort of things and it's a very out there bold movie and they would, yeah. I, I know they would say no so I just had to have the right the right story the right uh, you know just the right recipe to to make this film so when I got the idea I just knew this was the one I just knew and I never no I just never thought it would have been this film that would be my first film but it I knew it was right as soon as I I knew about it and I, I know the target market well and and that kid that, you know, that likes all those like cult films and, and stuff. So it was just one of those things that went hand in hand where, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like at one point my producer said, this film will never go on Blu-ray and DVD. And I was like, I fucking bet you it fucking will. <laughs> uh, it's going to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I was like, I know, you know, I know the audience because I was that audience of, you know, buying the hard copies of stuff. And, and if it's one... If it's one genre of out there that people want to own the stuff, it's the you know it's the horror crowd, and and that was the thing. So now it will be on Blu-ray and DVD and stuff like that uh, in months to come or whenever it's going to be. So yeah, so it's just it just all spiraled out of control. And then when, when we ha- when we had the world premiere at CineQuest, and then the the pandemic hit, uh, it was like a, probably a week or two weeks before lockdown uh, came in South Africa. So I was still in the states. And when this happened, I just thought, oh, man, trust me to make my first film. And then this shit happens. Right. And that's the thing you, you don't want, you know, you obviously, you know, you don't want it to get lost and this and this. And I just thought, oh, it's, it's just going to get lost now. But in the end, it was actually beneficial. So, you, you know, most festivals you're looking at 350 to maybe 600 people at a cinema screening at a festival. Yep. And then in the end, because it was online, we were getting 4,000 to 5,000 people per festival watching the watching the film which created a, you know a lot of a lot of talking online and stuff like that but i think you know it's it's one of those things where you know i always say this but it's like you know when you make a film it's it's like obviously you're like oh it's got to be good you know you obviously got to make a good film or whatever <laughs> but, it, but it's 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 like it's such an understatement because if you've never done a feature before and you've done all these music videos or short films or commercials or whatever it's one of those things where this has to be the best thing that you've ever fucking done. Well, what's the point? What's the point in doing it? So when I got the idea and I knew it was right and uh, and we started filming and I know what and getting on set, I knew like shit, this is the best thing that I've ever done. And I knew it. And and I also think because of that, because I choose th- this film other than a script that's already uh, that I've already written, it's one of those things where had a lot of open range to bring way more creativity and way more ideas and nothing was set in concrete. So it could, you know, I could just, you know, create more stuff. And I think that's also what I needed, you know, at the time and where I was. And, you know, so I think, yeah, I think it just it happened for the, you know, for the, for the right reasons, you know? That's so true though. Cause like the more you polish something, the more it becomes set in stone. And so like, if you're still really fresh and it's still like Play-Doh, you can still really mold it as you go. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like, you know, 99% of films that are made, everything's set in stone. It's like, this is the script and this is how it's going to go. 
and that's it. And because I, you know, I have my acting background as well. You know, I love uh, improv and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, it's cool to sometimes, you know, if something's not working, it's cool to, um, you know, to like, you know, live in the moment and, and to do all those things. It's great not to be stuck and just doing, you know, one thing and just, just to go, oh, this is a good idea. Let's try this or let, let's do this. And and I think that's where, you know, the improv and, the, you know, a lot of magic, you know, came out of, uh, out of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. If this was 100% set in stone, it would be the absolute wrong tone for the movie. Like, I think this story yeah. needs that sort of freewheeling approach. And the movie itself hmm. feels kind of fluid in that we're really just following him on his, like, adventure, his, like, his... <laughs> unintentional adventure through the city. <laughs> yeah. But that but that's the thing. I, I like I always say with with this film, you know, it's you know, the story's easy. It's about a heroin addict that gets abducted by aliens, spat back out and takes his body on a joyride. That's it. And it's almost like a road movie, but instead of the car, it's Barry, you know, and we, <laughs> you know, and you're, you're going on this, you know, you're going on this journey and it's it's about the experience and the journey. It's not the the story's simple. It's like the story simple. So the movie is an experience, and that's why the great thing is there's a lot of people that watch it and they want to watch it again. You know? Oh yeah, no, like I've I have been wanting to rewatch it so bad. I think I watched it twice at Fantasia. I was like, I, I watched it day one. I'm watching it again before the festival's over. And yeah. I was so because there's all those little things that you'll actually didn't pick up the first time that you'll pick oh, up yeah. the second time. There's there's so many little things in there, and also like references from like '80s films or '70s films and. There's a lot of there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. There's a lot. So it, it also, we, you know, rewatching it last night, it opens with like an advisory warning at the very, very front. Was that always there? Or is that something new? No, no, that yeah, that was always there. So, oh wow, okay. We, we, we did, the, so the thing. Yeah, you must have fell asleep on that bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right at the beginning, I hit play. Right. To <laughs> so, so the, the and the reason why I put that in it was because like so in like the late '80s, early '90s, uh, growing up. In England, it was, you know, when you rented those uh, videos in England, the uh, VHS in England, when you go to the video shop, it always had this dude at the beginning saying, this film is rated 18. And that means, <laughs> and, it, it, and it was almost like a, like a family thing because you heard it so many times and everybody would talk along <laughs> with it. So it was just like a, a cool retro little thing that I put in there because it was such a big part of my childhood when, you know, you'd watch these films and it would, was always this dude with like glasses on uh, just sitting there saying this thing. And he probably did, you know, one for like 15, 18 PG or whatever. And he's just sitting there like really bored. Going, this film <laughs> rated 18. Like that, so. <laughs> the face of the ratings board. That's just like some actor dude. And they're like, yeah, you look like, yeah, I don't know. You look at yeah. movies. You look, <laughs> you look yeah. stuffy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need a shirt for this. Can we get a shirt? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. I never, I've never heard about that. That's so great. Yeah, in, in, in England, uh, yeah. Ask anybody in like England. It was always on a VHS, like every VHS. Now, you know, it's like it's like when you go to the cinema, it's always you know they'll always have that advert that will fucking play for like years until they change it. It's like yeah. it's, it was always like one of those in in, in uh, England. It was just on every single uh, VHS that you would rent out. Yeah, I also I also love man. There's just too much stuff in this movie to be like I like this, I like that, but like fuck, you put an intermission in this. Oh my god, the yeah. intermission! Yeah. In, in 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 America, when we played in America, I think a couple quickly ran out to go get some like popcorn <laughs> or something, and then realized because it was candy. That's a good idea. Yeah, and then they realized that 
the uh, the shop was closed and they came back because it was like a late night screening and they were like, oh, it was just like a fake, uh, you know, uh, thing, so, which is funny. <laughs> the oh, fake great. intermission walk of shame back to their seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the interesting thing with this film is that, you know, you'll get people in the horror genre that will absolutely love this film. And then you'll also get people outside, you know, the horror genre that will also like it. And then, but it's also the type of film where you either you either get it or you don't. You either yeah. love it or you don't. You either love it or you hate it. But the great thing about it is, no matter what happens, you'll always talk about it. Oh, yeah. you know, like if you've seen it, you you have to speak about it. And this is why I always say, how many times do we sit there, watch something on Netflix, get twenty minutes in, five minutes in, or watch the whole thing, and then we turn it off and go, "Fucking, never going to watch that again." Yeah. And then you don't tell anybody about it because it's not <laughs> worth the conversation. So yeah. I think with the content within the film and how crazy it is, it's one of those films where you come out and you gotta like speak about it. You gotta you gotta say something about it, you know. So yeah. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, at the very least, you have to go on Twitter and be like, "What the fuck did I just see?" <laughs> and yeah. and you're just like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. And it, it's cool, and that's uh, and it's always great like to be in a screen and and uh, and hear what people thought of it or what people you know, expected or, you know, or see something in a different way than, than you thought of it as well. So I think uh, it's always interesting to listen to, you know, to people's uh, opinions and stuff like that, which I, which I always find really interesting because you like, you'll write something or it, it's like, it's like a, you know, a musician writing a song and the, and people going, yeah, I think it means this and it, and it means that. And you're like, no, fucking, it doesn't mean fucking any of that. It just means <laughs> like I was just bored on one Sunday and I did that, you know, so it, it's like, <laughs> People, people, people look at, at things in like different ways. Like I'm pretty sure, like when my family watched this film, either thought like I was bisexual or, uh, <laughs> or I was a drug addict, or you know, you know what I mean. It's just like they just probably saw it. Like what, like what's going on in Ryan's head? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just funny how you know certain people like look at it, and then uh, you know my my uncle in Johannesburg, and I'm, I'm in Cape Town, so they're quite uh, conservative and when we had our American screen and there was also the South African premiere and we were still in the States. So I said to my family, you know, if you want to go, you can go. I a hundred percent know that you're not going to like this film, <laughs> but if, you know, if you want to go, you can go. And they're like, oh, well, sure. I'll, I'll enjoy it, Ryan. And this, and then you've worked really hard. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just telling you, 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 you you're probably not going to enjoy it. And goes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and then afterwards I was like with my dad and my dad was having a phone call and uh, it was on the voice uh, thing. So I could hear him. And then I said to my uncle, I was like, hey, Uncle Giovanni, why do you, why do you say my phone was shit? And he's like, oh, no, no. And he's just like, <laughs> out of it. and I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, I'm not offended by it. Like, you are 100% not my target market. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you weren't going to like it. If anything, he's just like, just won't, won't see me in the same way again. You know? So mm. All he's going to see is baby Barry with his little ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. And I love that, you know, when, when that comes into the movie, it's one of those things where they're like, well, hang on a minute. Like, who's POV is this? And then, and then baby Barry comes into the BOV and you're like, what? And then it's like, milky milk. And then you're like, what? And then, <laughs> yeah. you know? so that the, that's the craziest thing. Like, there, you don't have enough time to get used to any of the weird shit that happens <laughs> in this movie because it's just like, we're on to something else. We're on to something yeah. else. And that's what I'm saying. It's an experience. It's a, it's a... You know, it's it's just the journey. You know, you're either, either going to go on it or you're not. You're either going to get it or you don't. And uh, and I think that's that's cool. I mean, there's there's a time and place, you know, to watch certain films. You know, whether it's a Sunday and you're like, oh, I just want to watch a 
a popcorn movie, you know, an easy movie to watch. And, you know, it depends what, you know, what mood you're, you know, that you're in, you know? Yeah. And I mean, but like, despite all the adult shit that Barry stumbles into, Barry himself is really wholesome. Yeah. I mean, with, with uh, Gary Green, it, yeah, it was so, it was so cool working with Gary and I've worked with Gary for like many years and Jamie, you know, he gave like 120%, you know, he, he was so, keen to you know he, I think he knew that, that this was his like big break you know coming from like an extra background and him being the lead in this and and, and that I think that's the thing with the film everything had to be right everything you know the whole recipe of everything had to had to be right and you know even though there was a shitload of improv uh with the film and the main dialogue uh you know I actually wrote but at the same time with Gary when we, you know, he was the only one that didn't do improv because because he's not a trained actor and the whole movie relies on him. I was just like, you know, don't fucking do anything apart from what <laughs> You know, just like, and that was the thing. It was just like, you know, the camera's here and Gary's there and I'd be like, okay, copy my face. Okay, now do this face. Now do that face. <laughs> At the same time, I'm busy editing it in my head. So I'm like, okay, I need this reaction. I need that reaction. I need this reaction. So when you watch it, it's like, he's, he's like hitting all the beats, you know, he's hitting all the, those like comedy beats. And, and that's why like with baby Barry, when he's getting his milk, you know, the reaction to uh, Barry on the couch, he's just like, what? <laughs> just watching him, you know, it's just, it looked like, you know, he's hitting all these beats, but yeah, he, nobody could have played this role than Gary Green. He is, hundred percent perfect, perfect for it, and it was like made for him, and and that's the thing, and and the reason why I've worked with him so much over the years is just I like I love his face. He's just got such a unique uh, look, and 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 that's and that's great. Nobody looks like him, and that's his that that's his thing. I mean, it's funny because like some people watched it and went, the prosthetics on Gary is just amazing, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, no, like that that's Gary, and and that's what's amazing about Gary. He's this, he, you know, he's got this unique look, and that's that's. You know, like the other day I was chatting to him and I was like, you know, you, as a casting director and stuff, you get put into boxes, you know, you get put into boxes and like you will play this character, you will play this character. And that's the thing with Gary. He's always going to be, you know, he, he's either, you know, bad guy number one. He's the, you know, he, he, you know, he's the crazy guy, he's the drug addict, he's the rapist, he's the killer. He, you know, he fits into that. And that's the thing when I'm with the other actors, they can't always fit into doing his job. So that's that's his thing and that's where like when it comes for getting jobs and money that's his niche thing that uh he should be getting when he when he does stuff but the the cool thing and the ironic thing with fry barry as well when you look at the trailer and you look at the poster the first thing is like bad guy because he's got that face and he isn't a bad guy in the movie and when it starts he, you know he's this drug addict and he's a horrible person and you know when people start watching the movie they're like oh how are we gonna how are we gonna like this guy it's just a horrible to his wife and kids and then when it becomes the alien you also think like oh shit and he goes home with that girl is you just think like oh shit what's gonna happen is he gonna kill this girl and as the movie goes on he's he's actually the good guy he's actually the the, the hero in it and then you become you know you feel sorry for the guy and you, you, you know you want you want him to succeed and that's why like you know at the end you know it's that whole et you know, uh, <laughs> ending where he has he has to go home. You know, it is definitely the most like acid freak version of ET that I've ever seen yeah. in my so, life. So, somebody said, I can't remember what um, what platform said it was like. Yeah, it's basically an adult ET almost shot like an Apex Twin music video or some oh, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, so yeah, it has that yeah. vibe. 
I, I could never imagine Gary being an extra because like I would scan the background and see his face and, and then I would well, not this is, yeah, anything else. Yeah, but this is the thing. And, and, that, and, and that's the thing, like Gary was doing extra work, but, you know, he wanted to be more in front of the camera. So there's so many stories of, uh, you know, Gary being in the background and overreacting and stuff like that. And people <laughs> like, oh, shut him out. Or do this, you know what I mean? And, he, and, and, and the thing is, he just wanted to be seen. And I'm like, I'm so happy that I saw something in him that all those fucking people didn't. You know what I mean? And that's why he shouldn't be an extra. He should, he's good. And the reason why he'll turn up as an extra on set and then there's another director like me that go, oh, this guy looks cool. Let's like, let's 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 make sure we get a shot of this guy. He looks cool, and and, that, I, and that's why I always explain to Gary, dude, it's your look and it's your it's your face. That's that's why that you always get you know you're always getting featured and you're always getting those shots because he's got this unique look and he's got this character look instead of some like IT looking dude or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just got like an interesting look. But he's also jacked. Like that's something I don't think him can I, get. I totally yeah, he's, realize he's fucking, that. Yeah, he's ripped. He's ripped. Gary's like Gary is Gary's like ripped. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. when you see him as baby Gary. Like all of a sudden, yeah, with the, with the little yeah. cut off yeah. sleeves. Like yeah, this baby. All these like muscles and everything. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, Gary. Gary's ripped, and Gary he he does a lot of um, uh, like trial running and uh, long distance running and everything. And like. If I, he goes against all these kids that are, you know, he goes against all these different ages, but he goes against people that are in their like mid twenties and he fucking beats them all. He's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey Gary, like, fuck, how do you win all this? And it's like, and it's almost, I can't remember the line, but it's, it's almost like, what's the point in running if you're not going to win, you know, it's just like, you, you know, so it's, 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 you know, it's all these things. And that's the thing. He's fucking good. And he, he'll, he'll just, It'll just be like, Rrr! that's how I imagine Gary running. And it was just like <laughs> run and fucking beat everybody. And he's always coming like first, second or third or like running uh, uh, top runners up. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, just, maybe he's, maybe he is a fucking alien. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, just conquering everybody. Was that the, yeah. the main idea when you were turning it from short to feature that you were like, oh no, we're going full UFO with this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was just looking at, you know, how, you know, it was like, how can I make a story? How, how can I make a whole thing out of this? And like my main reference, references was, uh, there was obviously E.T., uh, Bad Boy Bobby, that Australian early 90s movie, and, um, and Starman uh, by John Carpenter. Yeah. So it was a mixture basically of those three and then all my style and everything and mixed, mixed in. But that's what like really created that like world and that story that I knew shit I could do this and and not give you know Gary like a lot of dialogue and also having that character everything just made sense and fell into place in a sense where I know Gary couldn't do like a lot of dialogue and it was right to make him an alien where he doesn't speak but then he mimics people and then even if you mimic somebody not right it doesn't matter he's a fucking alien so it still fucking works (laughs) you know so it's just everything worked like hand in hand as you know, as we went, but as I said, he gave like 120% every, you know, every take. He always wanted to do another one. I'm like, Gary, we've got it. And he's like, no, no, let me do another one. I was like, Gary, we've got it. Like, we got it. You know, Gary's a prima so, donna. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, he's yeah. So, so he good, worked, though. his posturing and stuff, like even just walking around with the one arm moving, like, I love it yeah, so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of Fry Barry in Gary as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, you have to have yeah. so much footage just like at home, like waiting to be used, right? You, you know what? We, the, I think there was about, I mean, we used basically nearly everything that we shot. I wow. think there oh, was wow. like, 
there's probably about two scenes that we we got rid of hmm. and we shaved a few scenes you know at the beginning or at the end and then there was one I had this theme and I didn't even bother editing it to see what it would look like but there was a theme that I was going to do where every time there was a drug in the movie it would cut to this guy talking about the drug oh, and okay. and I had that in it but it just wasn't the right like tone uh, so I didn't even try so when I knew what I had and everything I'm like I know it's not going to work so I'm not going to it'll bring you too much like out of the movie so I was just like yeah I'm not going to and the footage is great for that and it'll be like you know, like a little uh, Blu-ray extra or something like that. But it, I, I knew it, it, it wasn't the right thing to put in the movie. And and I think that's the thing from the start, like knowing the type of movie that I wanted to make, I wanted to make this like cult style film and have this like iconic character. And I think I think there's a lot of people that, you know, when trying to make, make a good film, I mean, what the fuck is a good film? Man? Like everybody's got different tastes, but at the same time, it's just like, it's like if I mention a film to you and say like Pulp Fiction, it's like, what's the first scenes that come into your head? You know? So like whether it's uh, the dancing scene or, or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, so these are those scenes that you remember. So like going into the film, I'm like, right, I need films that people, I need scenes that people will remember and will speak about. And the same with, you know, when people recreate uh, like new horror films and they think of the new monster or they think of the, the new, you know, the face or it has a, if the character has a mask and all this. And that was the thing I also thought about, you know, his denim jacket and jeans, that's his Superman uniform. That's yeah. his, that's his look. And, and, and not overthinking it. Cause I think a lot of people like overthink, Oh, you need this and you need that. Or he has to, and I'm like, and that's it. And it's his face. That's, that's what Fryberry is. It's, it's this guy. And, uh, and that was the thing. So thinking of that, like iconic character that people, will grow to like and and having those scenes in the movie to stay on that right tone of being that cult style film and you know there, there was when he when, there was that scene in the movie when he takes uh those drugs the guy in the car and they're tripping off oh, the yeah. drugs driving the I car scene, i mean or, or, originally i we edited that scene totally differently and it was so funny. It was like so funny. And I was like crying. It was like amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. But it was the wrong tone for the film. So, you know, I went back to my editor and I was like, oh, dude, we got to recut the scene. And it was like, wow, I thought you loved it. And I'm like, I do. But it's not to stay on that cult style film cinematic sort of thing. It's too, it's too out. It's, it's just, it's not on the right tone. It has to stay on this right tone. Or otherwise it's like, you know, it, it's just not going to be in that, in that genre or in that, taken too seriously because of like all those scenes might add up and it's just not that cult style film it's more of you know because i mean it, it, you know, it gets thrown around a lot of people saying oh it's this is a cult film and this is a cult film and you know there's ones where we know that it's a cult style film and there's ones where you're like is it a cult film or is it that and, you know so <laughs> or it's, does nobody it, watch it is the other thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah and it's really for me it was just getting the tone right and the feel of it and as well with the music all the way through you know right right to the end so you you know that this this is the world you know and it doesn't go you know too far outside of the world you know yeah and the music in this rocks too like i just oh, just yeah. last night found out that it's on spotify it's like yeah i'm gonna listen to this a hundred times it's yeah so no no great yeah, i mean but that, but that's the thing it was like the music you know creating that tone and the music was so 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 important for for this uh for this type of movie i mean it's like if you look at like blade runner and you take Vangelis out of Blade Runner, it wouldn't even be the same film. 
No. You know, it wouldn't wouldn't be the same film. So it's it's one of those where it's so important and to get somebody to actually score your movie and not just get like royalty free or somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. You know, it's it's such a I think it's such an important thing to 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 get right. And it's in the end, it's like it's a part, you know, it's a big, it's a big part of the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, especially for Fredberry, because it it turns the movie into a party drug by having that yeah. score there. It's so rad. Uh, yeah, I, no I got I gotta assume like you shoot you shot this over a year and a half and yeah. carrying that tone through each shoot had to be a bit of a challenge right yeah well what, you see what was if i shot the film in 28 days straight it wouldn't be as good there's no way it would be as good as it was so what was great about shooting over a year and a half was like it was plan plan shoot so we had time to think oh shit i need this scene or i i need that and it's like halfway through, I realized how important Chanel Diego, uh, Barry's uh, wife, how important she was to the film. So there was other scenes I was going to shoot and it was just like more action sequences and stuff like that. There was meant to be a whole um, bank robbery that he just goes on <laughs> by mistake and all this. And it would have been great and it would have been funny, but the movie didn't need it. You know, it's not driving anything forward. So it's like, so I realized, shit, we actually need more scenes with her wife because it's, that's, she's the heart of the movie. And that's, it just, you know, it's, 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 she's the heart of the movie. And it was so important to, to have more of those, you know, more of those scenes where, where she comes in and out of it, you know? Is the, is the grocery shopping scene the scene that replaced the bank robbery scene? Um, I can't even remember now. I, I, I can't even oh, remember. Totally cool. but, when, but, when, but when we shot, and this is like being in the moment as well, like, so the original brief for the supermarket scene was there's a cheese sampler and he, they get to the, he gets lost in the store and he goes to the checkout and he stares at the woman and the woman's like uh, you're making me pregnant stop like stop staring at me <laughs> and uh, and that was the original thing and then I thought while we were shooting that and I was like why did we make it that you know the the cheese guy. Or, like fancies him, you know, and he, it's it's almost like this alien's given off this. That's what we were yeah. thinking. We're like, yeah. is he a fair yeah, one? Everybody or just wants. Everybody just wants to fuck him, you know. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. just fuck at the so, club. And, at the and that's what store. made it. Yeah, and that's what and that's what made it funny. So it's like, so yeah, so we made the you know the the cheese guy want to fuck him, and then he got to the uh, the counter, and then I shot that one way, and then I said, right, we'll maybe make it that you know while you're putting all the food and you're scanning all the food. Like, you know, flay it with Barry, but make sure the wife doesn't see. And, uh, you know, and use all these, uh, you know, the drinks or whatever as little uh, little sexual devices and just, you know, and just do that. But make sure the wife doesn't see, you know, and it's just it, as soon as we shot that take, I was like, oh, my God, that's it. That's that's, that's the take, you know, and, it, and that was and, and that's what I'm saying. It's just that that split decision in that moment of doing that. And you can't do that normally, you know, so it's great just to go let's try this and do this. And then as soon as we did it and we called cut, everybody was laughing. So it was just like, <laughs> you know, that that's, it's the right one. You know, it's the, it's the right one to, to use, you know? It's such a great through line throughout this movie too. Like just that everybody wants them. It's, it's pretty great. Well, yeah, because like, you're like, okay, so maybe the alien's goal is to procreate, but the alien is so like indifferent to everything that he keeps just like stumbling into these sexual encounters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing. It, it's, it's, that's why, like any other like alien abduction movie or series or whatever that, that we've seen, you know, they pick up these certain people and 
And that's the that's the funny thing. These aliens come and they just grab the wrong, the, just the wrong, the worst person <laughs> to ever like, like take, you know. And he's just like, and that's why all these people bump into him and they're like, oh yeah, let's have some drugs. This is what we normally do. So he's so you know, in the end, the aliens like he fucking needs a fix and he need, he needs to get <laughs> he needs to get his fix. And that's why like he's in the bath and he's like shaking and it's just like he needs to get his uh, you know he needs to get his fix. So it's just, yeah, it's funny. And even even like even the way we shot it, uh, I mean, a lot of people come to South Africa to shoot. Uh, we, we have so many different areas in, in Cape Town that look like Italy or Spain or America or Mexico or whatever. So a lot of people come here and it's cheaper to shoot. So a lot, a lot of people come shoot over here and they shoot stuff because it's so beautiful here as well. So I was like, right, I want, I want to show the darker side of like Cape Town. I want to show... Like, and, and that's the thing. It's just like every city in the world has its dodgy bars and dodgy areas. It just happens that Barry goes to every single fucking dodgy place in a <laughs> in a row and meets all these dodgy people. But it's like it's funny because there's people that watch it and they go, "Yeah, I've got to make sure that we don't go there on holiday." Like, where, where is that? You know, where is that? Is that fucking Cape Town? Fuck it, that looks horrible. I don't, don't want right to fucking go to Cape Town. Yeah. Like, I just like fucked up like tourism for Cape Town, like completely. <laughs> Like that, unless you get all the fans of Fry Barry going, this is actually where he fucking stood, you know? <laughs> this is where but, he got abducted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where he got probed. And, you know, so it, will, it, will be, it would be that. So, <laughs> You'll have people leaving their socks and shoes, like in a stack in that area. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. hell, I would go on a walking tour that brought me through all these, like, abandoned warehouses where he was just, like, gyrating and dancing yeah. around. <laughs> Now, that was the other thing that we wanted to do for marketing. You know, like the old, like, Universal uh, studio videos where they're like, this is actually where they shot this. And, you know, they come by that. And I just wanted to go to the location and get, like, you know, you, you get, like, a few American tourists, you know, the backpacks on and the, the, and the maps, maps yeah. Fry Barry map tour. And then you just got this one guy explaining, like, this is where he stood. And, and okay, one at a time, get your picture taken where he stands and holds his hands up. Okay, that's what he did. <laughs> And and just do like this funny little uh, little tour little tour video, you know? Oh, that's so funny! Oh man, it's almost like you missed your calling to be a marketing uh, like manager <laughs> or something. Yeah, I oh, do. I love marketing, and that's the thing. It's just like that's why this this there's so much. You know, you know. Even when I did the uh, OnlyFans thing, Gary Gary was like. Yeah, I don't know about this. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's cool. I said, you got to understand it's this market. They'll understand that it's a joke. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, it's a proper, like, porn thing. And if you click on it, and just what if they click on it? And I was like, Gary, have you got an account? And he goes, no. What are you worried about that? And I was like, it's not like they're going to find undiscovered videos of you, like, naked or anything like that. I was like, did we shoot you naked? No. Did we shoot you having sex? No. Then it's all right. So they're not going to find anything. And it's like, it's all to do with marketing. And that's why the people that have seen it, they like, they love it. And they, and they laugh, you know, they laugh their heads off, you know? So, and that's, and that's what it is. That's, you know, it's the marketing. You could literally do like peripheral fried berry videos forever. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got so many still, so many ideas. I still want to do the uh, fried berry uh, musical. So it's like, uh, so it's just like get a stage, get some lights, and then just do like this uh, whole like you know little uh, trailer for like Fry Barry the Musical and, <laughs> and have all these people on set and shit. I and thought, it's just I like quiet for two minutes, and then he goes woo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, like what 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 you said before, you know, it's like when you watch it, 
like twice. So there's some people that pick up on it and then some people that don't. So when he's in the club, the DJ is like, uh, make some noise. Woo! And he does this. And then when he's, when he's, and then when he's fucking the, the girl that he, that he gets taken home uh, with, you know, she goes, for fuck's sake, make some noise. And that's why he goes, <laughs> woo! And he does that because he doesn't know what else to, 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 to do. You know? So, oh, man, it's and then that sticks throughout, throughout the film where he's just like, woo! And he's <laughs> I sex. love it so much. Hell, you, you, should, you should create an OnlyFans account. And if they click a link, it just brings oh. you to scenes like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck it, it'd be hilarious. That's yeah. yeah. uh, funny, and that's why I'm saying it. it's it's just so open to you know so many you know so many so many things. You know, it's literally that's why I said there's just there, there's, there's always going to be like another idea and like oh we can do this or we can do that and uh, yeah it's just infinite, which I think is you know which which is cool. Do you think that? shooting from the hip sort of uh, instinctual style is going to change how you approach a project from now on? Um, well, I, well, this is the thing. So, I mean, I, the way I shot Fried Barry is the way I shoot a lot of things in the sense of I may have a story or whatever that I'm shooting with. See, the music videos that I used to shoot, it's all, it's all narrative-driven short films within a music video, and I hardly did, I hardly did uh, you know, music performance. So you might have a story and an idea, but then when you're on set, you get new ideas and be like, cool. And you just, you know, you go with that. It's like, I don't believe in uh, storyboards. So I just, I think it's a fucking waste of time. And I think, I think it's good if you, you and your DP are on the same, uh, you know, you, you know, you know how each other work and you bounce stuff off each other and he knows my style and I know how he shoots. So as long as there's that and there's, a shot list of some sort, then, then it, then it's fine. And then, and, and the thing is with the shot list, you know, it will always change, but I, I'm not one of those people that take uh, too many takes on, on something in a sense of, you know, you just, you know, it, it, it's pointless trying to, you know, go again and again and again. And that's why I think it's with uh, like, I shoot for the edit. So when I'm shooting, I'm busy editing in my head. So I know what I don't need. I know what I do need. And that saves like so much time. And I've, as an actor, I've done scenes where they get in every fucking single angle and you, they're taking like one or two days on it. And realistically, sometimes you don't need a wide and a close and a close up and, a, and a going back to the medium shot and all this. And sometimes it's, this is it. We don't need more than that. That's whatever's going on is that's it. That's it's there. So you, you don't need to, you don't need to, you know, like complicate it. And you know, it, it all depends what the scene is, but, it's pointless overshooting because it's time and you haven't, you know, when it's stuff or like is low budget filmmaking, you, you haven't got the time to do that. So if you go in there and knowing what you want to do, you, you, you just saving so many, you know, people's time and money and everything. So like, I, I, I think there might be a lot of people out there that are like, let's just get this just in case, just in, you know, and they're, they're maybe not thinking of it as I am in the sense of, you know, editing the, the project. You know, I've never been in the situation where I'm like sitting there in post going, oh, shit, I should have got that. So I've always got stuff that I know I'm going to need in the edit. And and then you'll always have like a, a, some sort of a safety thing to to cut away from something. So it all depends of what you're shooting and know what, what you need to get for the actual uh, for the actual scene. 
Yeah. And then that makes sense not getting like multiple shots and stuff like in the case of fried berry, because a lot of like interactions with people are so dead on the person, like they're looking right into the camera, like it's very POV style. Yeah. And, and that's for the character of Barry, like that's how he's absorbing the situation. So like, yeah, you're living, through, yeah, you're living through. And that's why with the film, you're living through his eyes or you're going on the journey as him or with him, you know, and that's it. And that's like, you know, it's the perspective of, and that's why we would choose the like the right lenses. So it's like, are we are we are we with him? Or are we watching him? You know, are we with him? Or are we watching him? And and that's like a big thing that you know goes throughout the whole of Fry Barry. It's like, are, are we watching him from a distance, or are we him? You know. Mm-hmm. And that adds so much humor too, because you put yourself in the shoes of this person. That's, that's, that's like their first day on earth. And this cheese guy is like flirting with him <laughs> and like, re- and he's just trying to like, what do I do here? And then he's got cheese yeah. in his mouth and he's just like, what do I do with this? Yeah. And th- and that's the thing. It's basically alien tourist on holiday. That's what Fred Barry <laughs> is. It's alien, the alien tourist on holiday and what, what he would get up to. And it just happens to be that he has a shitload of sex and drugs and he's like, yeah, this is, this is what everybody does here. This is, this must be it, you know? And that's what I think makes Fry Barry. It's all those little bits. It's, you know, it's all those little bits throughout the movie add up to the overall like feel of it. And if you take some of those out, it just wouldn't, you know, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be the, you know, it wouldn't be the same. And, and I think, uh, and that's why I'm surprised, like, we basically used nearly everything that we shot. You know, I thought we, like what you said, I thought, I actually thought that as well at one point where I'm like, I wonder how much are we actually going to use that we've shot? And we ended up just using, you know, like 99% of the stuff apart from like a few scenes. And, but even with the, like the alien abduction, it's like, you know, we've, we've seen so many alien abductions and it always hints on that, you know, there's going to be like this anal probe or some shit like that. It's always hint at, but we never like see it or, you know, and that's like, yeah, we just, you know, we just show the dick and we just <laughs> yeah. go down. And it's like, that's like, that's all always hints at that. It's going to, it's going to go down one of those holes. <laughs> so it's just like, let's, let's like, let's, let's, let's show that because nobody would. And it, it's not for me, it's not really like a shock factor. It is a shock factor in the film, but it's, I'm not putting it there for a shock factor. It's just like, we always hint on it, but we never see it. And why don't yep. we ever see it? It's just a needle and a dick. That's all it is. <laughs> you know? That's what my mom and dad will be telling me if I was like a kid going, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's all right. It's just plastic. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and the scarred version of the eight-year-old of me going, okay. All right. so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And that, that's what, that, that's why like I've spoke about it a few times. It's uh you know, it's it's like uh, uh, the movie The Fly. So when I watched that and a kid, I, I fucking lo- I love that movie. And I, my brother, he was like two years older than me. And there was that scene, you know, when he starts like falling apart and stuff, you know. And I remember there was that scene and he's talking to Gina Davis. I think he's talking to Gina Davis. And he opens that, um, that uh, the the bathroom cabinet in the mirror. And, he, and he's got they're like these jars and it's like all these body parts are like falling <laughs> off. And my brother's like, you know, his dicks in that, and his dick fell off in the, in the jar. And I'm like, what? And like, I was just a kid, and I was like, that scarred me more than anything. Like, forget about, forget about the, like the dog or him coming out all like mangled up. I was just yeah. like, dicks in the jar. His dick fell off. In the like, jar. What? And I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, what are you gonna do if your dick falls off, man? That's like the worst thing ever. So, 
<laughs> like that, that probably scarred me more, more, more than the rest of the movie. Like, That's hysterical. Because it's all yeah. it's it's bad before you even get to that part. It's just like, ah, things will turn around. It's fine. He's still got his dick. What 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 I actually did notice the see, I obviously I watched the film when we're editing it and everything. I get to see it like a million times. But then for the first time with the audience when I watched it, which was in the States, it was so funny because I sat there and then there was like, yeah, it's so it's so hard to explain because I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I hope everybody's going to like it. And I'm w- looking around and then it's like, the you know, the sex scene comes up or whatever. And then I'm like looking around, I'm like, Ugh. and people are going, and, and making noises and stuff. And then I'm like, cool, everybody's still here. Okay, next scene. And then there's like another sex scene. I'm like, oh my God, how many sex scenes did I put in this movie? There's like quite, like quite a lot. I didn't like, I didn't realize... There was that much sex scenes <laughs> in the movie until I sat there with the first audience going, fucking hell, there is like quite a bit of like sex scenes in this movie. And I just don't know why there is. But <laughs> it was just those scenarios. And it was just like that. And that's the whole movie. It's just offbeat and weird. And and those things. It's just like the luckiest alien ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the luckiest alien. <laughs> I got to assume like the, the scene that would probably drive most people out would have been the, the scene with the... Uh, where, where... <laughs> Where he gets the, a woman pregnant and she gives birth in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it but, looks gnarly. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun, that was a fun, uh, that was a fun, a fun scene to shoot. And it was just, because uh, it was hectic. It was like, you know, trying to, like, we didn't have like a special effects makeup person on this. I was doing every, I, I, I got the, uh, the stomach. I had like three different uh, stomachs from the prosthetic place. And then I had to put it on and I was like spraying all the, 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 the spray and everything. And so I had to do that. And I had to like, make sure she puts her arms on the, on the say, you know, on the crease of the belly yeah. from certain angles. So you don't see it and stuff like that. So it was hectic. And then obviously with the, uh, the baby, <laughs> and like, it, like it was so weird. Like when we were shooting that and we we're trying to get the angle where the baby comes out, <laughs> I'm just like, at one point I'm sitting there going, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, it was, like, it was so, like, I think there's a picture of me, like, holding the actress's back up from, to, to hold her up, and, and the camera guy's trying to get the right angle, and then somebody's got the baby trying to push it under, and I'm just, we're all just still there going, what are we, what the fuck are we making? And then, the, the same, the, like, the one, the one guy, um, very nice guy, he, he was the focus puller on that day, and he came, uh, he, he got on board like uh, the day before and I was like, shit, I need, I need a focus puller. And uh, obviously I, I knew what we were shooting, but I, I didn't think it was important to tell him what we were shooting. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, he's like, he's like a heavy, like Christian. <laughs> so he was like, everything was like super sharp when we were filming, but it was just like, you know, just like watching the whole time. And he must have been like, like, what the fuck? And like afterwards he was like, I, I can't remember if he said to me now or my camera guy is like, yeah, next time, please just give me a, a, a look today, but next time, please just give me a heads up because I don't want to shoot this type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, we're so, so sorry. I think it's happened like a voice note going, oh, dude, thank you so much for your help. And uh, sorry, uh, I put you through uh, this alien birth, you know, and uh, all the squirting and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. is is like what's is, is there a lot of like indie horror, indie cult horror shooting in Cape Town? Like, is that something that he would just never encounter? 
No, well, you see, but that's the thing. We we don't we make over here. We make comedies, dramas, and like like thrillers. That's that's what we mainly make, and it is starting to change. There is like the odd horror getting made, but it's like, and that's this is why I say like Fry Barry is definitely without a doubt the first of its kind to come out of South Africa because you know Fry Barry has those horror elements, but it's not just a horror. You know, it has that comedy in it. It has that, you know, it has all these different, like, you know, it's, it's just this wacky indie sort of film, but it's not 100% horror, you know what I mean? So yeah. it has this own thing and there's, there hasn't been a movie at all. Like, South Africa is like pretty like conservative when it comes to a lot of stuff like that. So it's like, I know loads of people that would like it here, but I also know a big part of the market will also just like crucify me for making this stuff. <laughs> So, that's yeah. great you shot it there it's like the one place you can't release it is, is your <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're busy on the on the release now there might be i might have to do like a, a censored cut which wow. the movie will be five minutes long but then uh, <laughs> but i think you know it's, it's i think it's one of those where you know it, it might be just like edit out the dick edit out the part of the birth or <laughs> you know or, yeah there'll be a number of of things, but there's there's bits I can hide, and as long as it's as long as the the original cut is everywhere else in the world, it doesn't bother me. Because I mean, like when it comes out, you know, everybody downloads shit anyway and stuff like that. So you'll end up getting the right version anyway, you know. So right, so it doesn't bother me too much that I have to, you know, make that cut. But uh, there is a uh, a film festival here. I probably shouldn't say this, but I, pro- I don't think they would it's not the type of market that will end up watching this video that we did, <laughs> but it was like, you know, it's like, I wanted to send it to this one Afrikaans film festival and, you know, give them the edited version and, and, and they go, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll oh. play it. And then when they ask for the high res, I'll just fucking give them, give them the, <laughs> the, full, the full version. Cause they might not, they might not just check again. <laughs> you know? So I think that will be like funny and interesting just to be like, this, this is not the fucking thing that you gave me. You know, and just it was see. a whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't know. Sorry, we. It was, I'll play mama producer. Oh, it was James. James. Yeah. James sent the wrong one. Total mistake. We did not mean to send yeah. you the full dick version. <laughs> yeah. the extra dick version. <laughs> that should be the yeah. Blu-ray. Release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just be it's like great. a fold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Extra probes. Yeah. yeah, extra probe. Extra probe version. Yeah. It's pretty rad that that it's coming to Shutter though. I'm really happy for for you and the- yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely the right the right home for it and yeah. and that's why you know I think when you look at all these different platforms like Netflix or something like that, you know if you see like a new film on there, sometimes you're like yeah, I'm not gonna watch that, you know and uh, and uh, you know you might get those horror people that might click on it and then you might people might just like not watch it and skip it. So I think with Shutter when it comes out, everybody on Shutter will we'll we'll take a look uh, take a look at it so oh, yeah. i think that's 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 the cool thing about it that it hits the the right audience and the right crowd and yeah i just hope everybody digs it but at the same time it, it really doesn't offend me that uh you know and that's why i say you either love it or you hate it and, it and it's okay not to like i mean there's you know if we all like the same shit then we'd all be boring you know and that's why you know there's films that come out and we go this is amazing and then somebody else goes that's the worst film i've seen this year and you're like what <laughs> How, how you know and then it's and you know it's like when i look at like like interloper you know some people say eh, interloper uh, interstellar 
so when people watch Interstellar, they say, oh, it's Christopher Nolan's worst film. I'm like, fuck, that's like his best film, I think. You know, so you'll, you'll always have that contrast of, of you know, people that will see things the different way. And, I, and it's also, I, th- I also think, Fry Barry, it, if you, I think you also may have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. And, you know, in, in, in a sense of you, you might have to be in the right mood to, to sit there and, and watch this thing. And if you're not, then you, you might have to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> so, so what is the right frame of mind for Fried Berry? How do you? I don't know. I can't even answer that. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. 4 a.m. You're fucking tired. You've been all night with drugs. I don't know. No, I really don't know. Um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's it's. Uh, but that's the thing with Shudder. It's it's the right audience of all the horror people and. Like you can't take Fry, Fry Barry too seriously. It's it's just a fun, crazy journey that you, you, you're just going to have to go on. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. not only watching it. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah. I think it's a perfect movie for streaming because like one, the poster, like the key art looks great. You're going to click on it and it just it yeah. goes right away. Like there's there is there's no, like the, the entrance ramp to how weird this movie gets is like this short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, it's, but it's a journey, but it's that's, you know, that, that was always in mind. It's, it's designed to take you on this trip. So it's almost like, you know, if you look at the film as a whole, there's a few breathers within the film. So you've got like the hospital scene where there's a breather and, the you know, there's a few scenes where it just like slows down a little bit where you, you can breathe. But the rest of the film, it's like somebody tapping you on the shoulder and you just go, oh, stop it. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just doing that the whole time. It's just like tapping, 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 tapping. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's like it's like when you watch, um, I don't know if you've seen, um, what, what was that Adam Sandler film, uh, uh, Uncut Gems? So oh, the yeah. way that's, it, it's almost like that in the sense of, you know, you're watching this film, like when I watched Uncut Gems, you're watching it and it's it's that, it's that constantly like tapping and you're sitting there going, oh no, like, why is he doing this? Well, why is he doing that? <laughs> and uh, and you're just like shouting at the screen, but it's, you're on this like journey the whole time where you, you just, you know, you just got to go with it and, uh yeah, and it could be either you know it's a, it's a irritating situation. You're like, oh, why is you doing this, or why is you doing that? Oh, fuck! And it's yeah, it's it's just a roller coaster of like emotions and disgust, and and <laughs> basically by the by the end of it, you just feel dirty and you want to take a shower. And that's, <laughs> you're like, my work here is done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And that, and that's the thing. And it's like most people that watch it, they're just like feel horrible. Just feel like <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, it's 8 a.m. Why did I watch this? Yeah, yeah. So, man, it's yeah. it's been an absolute blast talking with you about this movie. Uh, it's it's easily like one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I fucking uh, oh love man, it. Thanks so much. Uh, but like, we like we like to ask everybody if you could play any two movies at the drive-in, what would you play? What's your dream double feature? <sighs> any any movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And it could be totally like guilty pleasure. It's not for an audience or anything. Could be just you. Yeah, you're the only car in the park. <laughs> just me. <laughs> when did it, it turn into such a loser? Just the one ticket. Just I just, curated just this. <laughs> uh, I think um, it would probably be. Um, what do you say? Three movies. Sure. Two movies. Sure. Yeah, Saturday yeah. bonus feature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll probably be Christine. That would be a fucking yes. good one. Yeah, man. Um, I'd probably say uh, Big uh, Big Trouble Little China. Right on. And big John Carpenter fan. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, for like I, I I like all genres of films. So I mean, for me, I, I was a big fan of uh, Jerry Lewis. Um, oh yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it would be like the bellboy or something like that. Sure. Be like, that, that would be, I think that would be pretty, that would be, that would be pretty cool. So and, and that's the thing. I think it's, yeah, I, like I love all genres. And that's why we say there's a time and place to watch what you want to watch, you know, and you don't want something heavy and you just want to watch a comedy and stuff. Like that. But I think, I think that plays into Fry Barry where, you know, there's those serious moments. There's those dark uh, black comedy moments and all that and it's yeah it's all in there and there's a bit of a love story and there's, there's a bit of you know there's a bit of everything but a train spotting or whatever you know oh, so yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's got it all so. man fried berry is available on shutter friday the day of tomorrow if you're listening to this when it drops <laughs> i believe that's may 7th thanks john <laughs> If you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, check out The Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub, where we have all of our perks and rewards for becoming a monthly subscriber. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Walkers, cyberpunks, gangsters, and so much more. Meet face-to-face with all kinds of monsters on AMC+. From The Walking Dead's Whisperer War to the world-saving quests of The Watch and the brutal brawls of Gangs of London, AMC Plus is more than entertaining. It's epic. Brace yourself for an all-new season of Creepshow and films like Train to Busan presents Peninsula, part of Shudder's Halfway to Halloween Month. Plus, catch brand new episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, available ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com.